Good to see you. If you're joining us online, I'm so glad that you're participating with us in our weekend service, Sunday morning, 1030. We're going to be looking at the vision of the church, which we do twice a year. Great time to come because if you're kind of new, it certainly gives you a sense of where we've been, where we're going, how we're going to get there. And if you've been with us a while, Uh, We like to do inventory from time to time where we look and say, how are we doing? Are we going? This is where we're going. Are we are we going to get there if we keep going at this rate in this direction? That's important to do. Right. So we're going to be doing that next week. We're starting a very cool series on health. I mean, health has kind of been the topic this past uh, year, you know, remaining healthy, uh, getting healthy. Obviously, it's viral focused, but, you know, health is important and there's different areas of health, not just physical health. We'll be talking about that next week, but there's different areas of health we want to grow in and we'll be talking about that. You won't want to miss that. I think it's going to be terrific. Now, when we're talking about vision, we need to know we want to we don't want to just move on. We say, how how do we do? And last year was tough. And so we, here's 2020, just some of the highlights. It's not everything we did. There's a lot of ministry that happens organically, that happens, that couldn't make it up here. But here's some of the highlights. 3,500 people were fed in our community. We had 2,000 fed uh, in Mazatlan, Mexico. That's a missions that we do. And we, we flew down there uh, and we go to Sam's Club. We, 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 we raised the money for that. I mean, it's part of our budget. We go down and we uh, fed 2,000 uh, people. We uh, did medical care for 750 of them. We gave out 1,000 bags of food, sh- 200 shoes to children. We gave two, out 200 glasses to, to people that couldn't see well. And I mean, we do all kinds of ministry down there. In our community, that's what we did. 300, uh, 736 people were clothed and given household items. You know, the need was bigger this past year, no doubt about it. So we were able to help with that. 800 masks. Now, now today, you know, that's no big deal. Everybody's got their mask. Who cares about that? Well, hey, listen, I don't know if you remember in March, it was hard to get a mask. Any mask was like gold. We had a, a whole bunch of the uh, people in our church 
uh, get some fabric for real cheap. Some of it was donated. They made, you know, all kinds of masks. We were able to give those out when that mattered, right? <laughs> Timing's everything, right? <laughs> 200 children received 600 gifts at Christmas. We had 400 Thanksgiving meals served to 94 families. 30 backpacks filled with supplies to a school that we, we partnered with over the years. And we did that this year as well for disadvantaged uh, children, 40 people served in nine community projects. That was serve day. We still did that. 206 adult commitments to Christ. We had 55 youth, five kids commit to Christ, 50 baptized, 91 people finished growth track, 624 people were in small groups. And that's just kind of a snapshot of one of our semesters. 450 active dream teamers. We have other dream teamers that are not active right now. They are, uh, you know, they're watching online and they're waiting to be able to come back. These are the ones that are actively serving. Uh, Then we have about 6,448 people who attended an online campus in 11 different countries. So those are some of the things. I mean, ministry continues regardless of what happens uh, because God's got us on a mission. And we'll find a way. We'll find a way. A lot of this happened with masks on, with uh, physical distancing, all the things that we wanted to do because we want to be a blessing to our community and not only be a blessing, but be perceived as a blessing. That's, those aren't always the same thing because you know, p- people's perception is really important. So we want to always uh, be aware of you know, how can we be a blessing and then it's interpreted that way as well. Now, we have a vision for our church that's really the same vision that God has for you. God has a vision for your life. Other people do too, but God's is the one that's important. Now, what's his vision for your life? Well, our church is based around God's vision for you. He has you on a spiritual journey. It begins with you knowing him, not just believing in him. The Bible says in one place, it says, even the devil believes in him, and that doesn't help him, right? I mean, just believing him, and you know, and there's so many atheists that's supposed to be, you know, that's supposed to be like a, like a, a feather in your cap, right? Oh, I believe in God. Well, the Bible says, so does the devil. You know, you got to have more than just believing him. It's knowing him, knowing God, having a personal relationship with him. That's why Jesus Christ came to earth. That's why he died on the cross so we can be forgiven, so we can enter into a relationship where it's not filled with guilt and have tos and and all kinds of, you know, condemnation. No, that stuff is removed from us. And we have this partnership, this close friendship with God. That's what it means to know God. Also finding freedom. All of us have difficulties in our past, struggles, and if we're not careful, if we don't deal with that stuff the way God wants us to, that will hang on. That will color the way we see the world around us, and it will keep us from really moving forward, which is the next one, which is to discover our purpose. God has a calling on your life, a calling, what we call a purpose. Uh, Regardless of what, it doesn't mean you go, you don't have to be a missionary, to have a calling on your life, each one of you has a calling. It's a per- and we want you to discover that. And we want to help you to discover that through uh, our growth track. That's one of the ways that we help you to do that. And then also to make a difference. Now, you can make a difference alone, but you make the, a big difference the way God wants you to do together. It can't be alone. You do that in the community. You know, Paul, we see this all throughout the Bible. We see this this. Spiritual journey God has you on. 
But the Apostle Paul specifically kind of outlines this in one verse in Ephesians I like to look at. And here's what he says. He goes, I keep asking God. In other words, he's praying. In fact, the verse before that, he says, I'm continually praying for you. And I want you to know I am continually praying for you. I really do. I'm praying for you that you will step into what God has for you. And it's a regular prayer of mine. I, he goes, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. In other words, to know God, it's not just an intellectual exercise. You need God's spirit of wisdom and revelation for you to get it. We have people that have come to our church literally for years, and they just don't get it. And then all of a sudden, one day, bam, I get it. What happened? What was different? Did I preach better? No, it had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the spirit of wisdom and revelation came into their life. Somehow that just, and that just opened up their spiritual understanding and they get it. What happens when that happens? Well, then you can know him. Then you can know him better. And so if you don't know God, when you have the spirit of, of wisdom and revelation, you, you discover it, you get it. And if you already know the Lord, some of you, you might have read the Bible two, three times already. The whole thing. And you, you know, you even made it through Leviticus, the whole deal. You still can know him better. God has more revelation and wisdom he wants to pour out into your life. Okay, so this is something we continually grow in. I pray that the eyes of your heart get enlightened. Now, when we read that, we think, well, Paul, I mean... The eyes are in our head. Don't, didn't you take anatomy in school? But he says, no, the eyes are in our heart because that actually colors the way we view the world around us. And so we need to be able to be freed from that, get those smudges off of our glasses so we can see, through, see properly ahead of us and what God has for us. And this, will, this holds a lot of people back. That's why we have, we felt by direction by the but by, by the. Spirit of God, that this was going to be a year for Vineyard to be a year of freedom, a year where, where we get our hearts enlightened. We start to see clearly. That's why we did Breaking Free four weeks in January. That's why we're rolling into our series, which is the Freedom Small Groups, 12 weeks. We're doing it together. We haven't done an all-church study like this together in our small groups in years and years, but we felt like the Lord was saying, this is the year. And so we are going to encourage you. This is the time to sign up. This is the time to get involved in that in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You see, you can't get to where he's called you and, 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 and the purpose he has for you if you don't have, if you don't have, you know, this stuff in the, you know, in the bat, in your past taken care of. So you do that, you step in it. Now, you know, Christians, survey show, nine out of 10 Christians do not know their calling. They don't know what their purpose is. They don't know their gifts. If you say, what are your spiritual gifts? They don't know. That is not going to be true of our church. That's why we have growth track. That's why we're so committed to you knowing your spiritual gifts. We want you to know how you fit into the body of Christ, what your purpose is, and we also want you to join with us as we make a difference together. Notice it says, this is the one that it takes it's something you don't do alone. You do it together, which is with his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We're all in this together. You can make a difference alone. You make a big difference together. 
together. What's, what's our inheritance? That's how we're making a difference. Well, he says, he goes, ask me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. We get to impact the nations. Now, certainly the internet has opened that up a lot, right? We just showed you 11 countries are, are, are involved and, and, and engaged with us. But even more than that, I believe God's placed us here in Southampton Roads to have a global impact, to impact the nations. I mean, I, I came from Arizona, southern Arizona, back in 1987. And when I got here, I didn't realize how influential this area is because of the military. I mean, we, and over the years, since 1987 to 2021, we've had a disproportionate impact in, in, in the people we connect with because they come, they're, they're stationed here for a few years, and then they go to a different part of the country or a different part of the world. And we've had an opportunity for years and years just to impact the world. I believe this, that God has us here. You're here to make an impact in the, in the world. The global uh, humanity, we're, we're making an, an impact. I, I think it's an awesome privilege to be able to do that. Well, how are you doing with God? When we do vision talks, we like, it's really an inventory. How am I doing? How am I doing? And so you got to ask that question. So here are the things that we need to be able to do in order to do well. Here's number one. Keep a close watch on my spiritual temperature. You keep a close watch on your te- temperature. Everybody knows a temperature is, is a gauge, right, for your health. How are you doing? You, t- you know, when I go to the gym, every time I have to they take my temperature. When we come up here on stage, because people are singing, don't have masks on, anybody without a mask, we, we have them take their temperature because we want to know how they're doing, right? Primarily, is there, are they not feeling well? But, you know, when you have a spiritual a spiritual elevated temperature, that's actually good. You want to be fired up. Hey, I love serving God. It's part of my passion. It's, it's, it's what gets me up in the morning. And so who's responsible for your spiritual temperature being elevated, for you to be fired up? Is it your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend? No, right? Because some people use that as an excuse. Well, I'd be fired up for the Lord if it wasn't for, wasn't for her, you know. She's holding me back. My boss, if he just wasn't such a pain in the butt, you know, I mean, he's always sucking the oxygen out of the air. You know, I, I can't get, I robs my peace. Listen, nobody is in charge of your spiritual fervor and your spiritual being fired up, except for you, you, you alone. And so you don't use that as an excuse. You say, hey, I'm going to get fired. I'm, I'm getting close with God. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You do that. And you know, even though we've had incredible headwinds this past year with, you know, the church being declared non-essential, you know, right? That was like official. The church is non-essential. Liquor stores, they're essential. They get to stay open. Church, though, no. They, we're going to close them down, you know. And, and so we've, we've had headwinds. That's, you know, that doesn't feel good to be declared non-essential. Well, I'm not important. Let's close up shop. Well, the truth is we are essential. I don't care what government officials say. I'm telling you, and listen, this is what God says. You are essential. And we had headwinds, and yet we still served one another. We still cared for one another, encouraged one another. We served our community. I know you already saw that. Of that intro video, but here's a montage of some 
of some photos of some things that we did last this this past year and I just wanted you to know I am proud of you watch this Great. Love it. Love it. I love how we, we persevere no matter how hard it gets. And you know what? That is a good thing. There is a church that's talked about in the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation. Jesus is speaking. And here's what he says about a church that has incredible headwinds and yet they persevere. Watch. Jesus says, I know that you've done all that you've done for me. You've worked hard and have persevered. He's going that's awesome. That's incredible. That's wonderful. He goes, I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved that they are not, for they were imposters. I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. So he goes, hey, you had incredible challenges. You were swimming upstream, and it was very difficult, yet you persevered. He goes, that's great. But he actually, you know what happens? When you work real hard, you work your tail off, you're, you're, you're burning the candle at both ends. You're trying to figure it out. There's confusion everywhere. There's all kinds of emotional stuff coming at you. It, it can, something can, you know, it, it, you can find yourself depleted, depleted emotionally, depleted spiritually. And that's what happened to them. It says, but I have this against you. Jesus says, you have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. In other words, through all of the difficulties, serving, caring for people, praying for them, all that, somewhere in, you know, your love for the Lord kind of diminished. And he goes, that's a concern. That's something that you need to address. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works that you did at first. Repent means you got to change things up. You can't just keep going the way it is. What I like to say is take inventory. Take inventory, evaluate, how am I doing? And if I've lost something, 
in that area of my spiritual fervor, my zeal, my, my being fired up for the Lord, then I need to make sure that I don't lose that. Because we're not just all about doing things for the Lord. It's, we're, I mean, we, we want to do things for the Lord, but it's out of a joy and a passion that we have for God. And so going back to God, going back to, you know, making sure you have your Sabbath time with the Lord, making sure that you have your Bible reading time, your prayer time, making sure, you know, you're fired up for the Lord. So keep close watch on my spiritual temperature. Number two, make time for authentic relationships with other believers. <coughs> you hear that a lot in our church because we believe it. We think authentic relationships are important. What does that mean? It means that you can go up to somebody and you can share your stuff that you're struggling with, and they're not going to judge you. They're not going to condemn you. They're going to pray for you. They give you an understanding ear. They, they, you know, there's, there's a, a, a sympathetic uh, a word that they give, a comforting word, an encouraging. I mean, this is what we need where we, don't, we lay down our masks and we can have authentic relationships. Now, many of us just settle, try to settle for that in or significant other. If you're married, you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And then that becomes the one person you have, you know, a semi-authentic relationship with. But my friends, you need more than that. If you're a guy, that's great to have a girl in your life if that's where you're at in your season of life. But, you, but there's still an area, the way God designed you, where you need, you need some buddies. There's, 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 you know, there's different types of being filled and there's buddy full that can't happen any other way where you have guys that can look you in the eye and support you and encourage you, speak words of encouragement. That's a different deal. And that needs, that, that takes intentionality. Now, why don't people, most people really down, most people would agree with it. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. People I could be, you know, open up with and authentic, trusting relationships. Why don't we have those? Well, it usually comes down, and we provide those through our small groups. That's our vehicle. You get into, into a small group. That's where it happens. Well, most people don't want to be involved in a small group because they're too tired or they're too busy, right? Ah, just too tired for that. Oh, I don't have time for that. Too tired or too, too busy. But that's because, if it's true, that's because you're letting the tyranny of the urgent control your life. And if you let the tyranny of the urgent and all kinds of things control how you set your agenda and your priorities in life, you will miss the most important things. I just guarantee it. Absolutely, without, without, without question, you will miss it. You need to decide up front what is important. And you decide that based on what God says important. Because that, ultimately, when the day's done, you answer to God for your life. Nobody else. And so you say, hey, this is important. And when you decide and declare it up front, this is important, then it doesn't, you'll create time because all of a sudden that becomes important. You know, when you set a doctor's appointment, you know, and you set it way out in advance and then that becomes kind of like the thing, right? You know, yeah, well, I can't do that. Well, I've got a doctor's appointment. You know how hard that is to the schedule? And you become, that be, well, that's, that's because you made that important. And you do that in things in your life when you say, I'm declaring this important. So it doesn't matter if I'm tired. Doesn't, I won't let things crowd that out. I'm going to be involved in that. And there's a habit part of it, too, where you get it into a system. That's why we do semesters. We take breaks. We think it's important. We ask every group, take a break. We don't want you going year-round. We want you to take a break, but you also form habits by doing it 12 weeks in a row. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on 
towards love and good deeds. In other words, you know, most of us make decisions on, is this good for me? You know, well, what about if it's good for others? Have you factored that in? Usually we, well, you know, I don't have to, you know, it's not, I don't have that need right now. Well, what if other people have a need to hear from you to be an encouragement, to spur them on? Not giving up meeting together. This is important that we meet together as some are in the habit of doing. He says, don't get in that habit, but encouraging one another as you move towards the day. What's that? Well, this, this actually is a rich theological term, the day that's approaching, and it means, in a nutshell, it means the day you, you, you die, the day you go face to face and see God and answer for your life. He goes, that's, that's the day. He goes, so th- w- the way we do well on that day is making sure we stay in the habit of meeting together, encouraging one another. This is an important part. Now, this obviously has been a challenge this past year and currently that we're in. This is a challenge because the church looks, has kind of, uh, it, well, it looks different, right? It looks different than it was just a year ago. What, what's the state of the church today? Well, I know pastors all over the country. Certainly I know all the pastors in the region I oversee, the 35 pastors in the Mid-Atlantic region, but all over the country, in Vineyard and other denominations, I talk to them all the time. And it's interesting, they're pretty much all pastors are reporting the same thing. Here's what they're saying. Where's the American church today? They're saying about a third of the people are coming to their church. Now, some states, that's not the case, but in most it is. Third of the people are coming for the in-person experience. They're, they've come back. And then it says, uh, then, then we're not sure, but we're guessing about a third are online. I mean, it's, it's anecdotal. We're not sure, but we're guessing. It's hoping and guessing that it's a third online. And then there's a third that we think are just gone. <clears throat> They're just missing in action. And even if the, va- the virus were to vanish today, miraculously, just gone, these people would be gone. So I'm, we're just kind of, we don't know, we're just assuming there's shipwreck somewhere, something happened. <clears throat> so that's kind of the state, but we're not really sure about that. We're hoping, now if you're an online experience person, I do have some concerns, and I need to let you know, if you're joining us online, here are my concerns about, because I know some people are going, hey, this is pretty cool. I think even when I get the, when we're, you know, when the virus is behind us, I might just continue it like this. Well, here's some concerns I have, if that's you. I have concerns about pastoral care. In other words, who's going to watch over you and care for you when you are in a difficult situation, when you're going through a crisis in your marriage, in your health, with a loved one? I mean, all kinds of things come at us, and if we're distant and kind of a distant satellite, you know, you're in orbit, but, you know, you're way out there. How are you going to get that care in your life? I'm concerned about that. I really am. Another thing is, and the truth is, I don't even know who, who's joining us online or not. I don't. You might think, oh, yeah, I'm sure Andy knows. I don't. I have no idea if you're watching me right now because those, those analytics are not given to me. I know how, how, how many how many devices are logged on? I don't know what that means, though. That's, so that, that, that's a concern I have. Discipleship. Does, real discipleship does not happen in just a one-way you know, podcast or just dialing in and watching a preacher or something. That's, it just doesn't happen that way. I mean, Jesus had people you know, follow him closely. And in that environment, he was able to pour into them. And, and, and there's something very valuable that happens in discipleship with other people that an online experience is missing. 
I'm also concerned about the mission and the, the, the vision of our church. We have a mission. People come. People are hurting in their homes, physically, emotionally. Life is still going on and probably has increased in it some of its pain in people's lives. They're coming, and for some people, this is their last hope. They're driving up. Their kids are getting out of the car. We have a mission to help reach them for Jesus. And so we are operating. We have a kids' ministry. We have a youth ministry. We have all kinds of ministries to help them to be able to hear the gospel and to have a life that's changed forever. That's our mission. If you're just, you know, at home, you know, you're not really contributing a whole lot to this. And sometimes people say, yeah, but I'm tithing. Well, that's great, but that, that doesn't, that helps, but that's, we, I'd actually rather have you here. If, if, it, if I got to choose, okay, well, I'll come, but you don't get my money. Keep your money. Come on here. That, that would be my choice. I'd rather have that because I think you'll add more to our mission and our vision by you being here than by, you know, sending in your money. Also, speaking of money, when it becomes <clears throat> online only, it starts to feel like a transactional experience. Well, I'm giving my money. What do I get? You know, okay, let's see. You know, taking notes. Well, mm, that joke sucked. And, you know, a deduction of giving this week. You know, the, the, the technology problem happens and all of a sudden our feed doesn't work and you dial into somebody else and you realize, well, actually, that guy's way better than Andy, you know? I should start listening to him or her. You know, Andy, was, I thought he was good, but really, you know, there's other people way better than him. And so it starts to feel transactional. And that can happen in a marriage. When you go into a marriage and it's, okay, I gave you this, what do I get? I can tell you those marriages aren't very good. Anything that falls into just a transactional business feel relationship, you've missed it. And so these are some of my concerns. Here's what I'd like you to do. Let us know that you're meeting. We don't know. Let us know. And that way, let us know anything we can pray for about. For me, I want to personally be praying for you. Any concerns you have, I want to know that you're meeting. Hey, we're meeting regularly. Here's who we're meeting with. I'd love to know that information so we can pray for you. We can reach out. We can be there for you. If you are meeting online, and that's your, that's your online campus, you know, church, your home church, let me give you some things that, that I think would make your experience even better, even better, okay? First of all, take a moment and realize it is, this is church for you right now. So you pause. You prepare yourself you know, you start getting in a prayerful mindset. Uh, it also means you get out of your PJs, right? You, get out, you take a shower, you put on some clothes, you go, Andy, I live alone, so you're going to church, okay? Get ready, get in that mindset. Hey, I'm, I'm participating in this. Certainly, if you're going to somebody's house, you want to get out of your PJs, right? And, uh, and then don't show up an hour early. You show up 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early. People, you know, hosts, they don't, that's, that's plenty, 15 minutes, okay? And then, and then also provide a distraction-free environment. So if you can put it on a big screen TV, that's great. If you can turn the lights down a little bit, that's great. That's kind of, that's what we do here. Why? We're trying to provide a distraction-free environment where people can engage with the Lord. It also means keep conversations to a minimum. If you haven't seen somebody in a while, then talk afterwards. Come early, talk before, not during the service, because that's, that's, you want to be fully engaged. If you have kids, then, you know, in your, in your group, 
Provide toys for them to play with. If they get too rambunctious, have another room that you go into. Then you pray. So you, you're actually part of the service. You're prayerful about it. You're believing that God's going to do some stuff here in the in-person service as well as uh, what you've got going at your home, home church. You need to, there's worship, which means you sing out. Listen, the, one of the best things you can do to participate singing out loud is turning the music up. That's why we do it here. Because some people, they sing, it sounds like they're, you know, like you're visiting SeaWorld and you hear one of those seals going crazy, you know, and people are going, oh, oh, wow. So we turn it up loud so everybody can make a joyful noise. You know, you just kind of sing out, turn the volume up. You can do communion together. You have my blessing if you're online, do communion together. You could even, however that looks, you go, well, we don't really drink wine, you know. Well, then, you know, have port wine, cheese and crackers, you know, and that's theologically on the edge, but, you know, hey, we're, we're bending a lot of rules during this time. Stay engaged during this service. If the pastor, cr- you know, cracks a joke, try your best to laugh. I know that's hard, you know, and then during the prayer, be prayerful about it. Don't check out, you know, something. We believe in God's doing something during that time and stay through the prayer, through the final song, text in your giving. We want you to be part of what we're doing Also play, I think playing is an important part in any church experience, including a home church, which means food is a must. Not just food, but good food. I mean, when you're thinking, what should I bring? Because you should bring something. And they'll say, oh, you don't need to bring something. Bring something, okay? When you bring something, you know, bring the thing you don't want to bring because it's like your favorite. Like, oh, I don't want to bring that. Well, that's the, what you bring, okay? You show up with good food, stick around afterwards, uh, unless, you know, it's a, you know, for the noon people, they might come early and have brunch. Uh, but if you stick around afterwards and you have a meal together, talk about the message, and then be mindful of your host. Don't stay there all afternoon. They might have laundry to do and things to do. So that burns hosts out. So you just, you stay for the meal, and then you say, okay, uh, it's time to go. And then here's the most important plan for a phase two return. See, Virginia is in phase one right now, as are most states. And in Virginia, we've moved out of, now phase one for the vaccine is broken into three tiers, one A, B, C. And that's basically to the healthcare workers, the most vulnerable people with comorbidities, the elderly, uh, essential workers, those are all in those, those three phases. But when those are done and they move to phase Two means all the most vulnerable people, all the essential workers, all, they're all taken care of. Then, and they just go to everybody else. That's your signal. That means, come on home, baby. I expect to see you. And sit together. Come together, sit together, and be part of what we're doing here. Okay? That's, that's what I'd like you to do. Now, I, you know, over the whole year with the few outbreaks we've had in, in, in Virginia Beach, we've never had one trans- case of transmission happen here at the church during the week or uh, during the weekend. Why? Because we use all those social pro- those protocols of, of, of physical distancing, of masks, of cleaning between every service. We're going to continue to do that even in phase two. But I want you to come back because that is your time to come back. Now, if you're here with us, we're talking about having authentic relationships. I want you involved in our freedom groups. We're doing an all-church freedom group. We haven't done that in years because we believe this is the year of freedom. And God wants, I think he wants that for each one of us. 
And so we're doing it together. You can register online. You can register at the information desk on your way out. We have our books, actually. They just came in. We ordered them two months ago. Just came in. We have a book for you. You can start looking through it. You can come ready with your book. And then it, of course, ends with a conference. And we want you to be part of it. It's an incredible conference. Great food. We have gifts for you. We want, we're asking to help offset the cost of it. Uh, so we're asking each of you to give $50 uh, if you're, to go to the conference, but of course, like with everything in the vineyard, anything we do, if, if that's a difficulty for you for any reason, just let us know. And you, you know, it's our gift to you. We do not, we're happy. We're happy to, to gift that to you. Don't let money ever be a reason you never participate in anything that we do here. I love this verse. Great verse for small groups. It says, love one another and you don't have to wear a mask. Love one another and be authentic with one another. That's what we're going for right there. Okay, so we need to know God, know God better. We need to find freedom. That happens in the community of authentic relationships. And then also discovering your purpose. I need to see myself the way God sees me. And God, ha- he says, I see you this way, but over the years we've collected our image of ourselves through what other people have, have bounced back to us. Often that's incorrect. Sometimes it's, you think you're better than you really are. Sometimes we think we're worse than we are. I mean, it's the pride of the lion, the pride of the worm. We, we, we want to stay out of those zones. It's, it's, just see yourself the way you really are, the way God sees you. He says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Highly means incorrect, incorrectly. Don't see yourself incorrectly, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In other words, that's a right understanding, a right mind. When Jesus cast the demon out of the guy in the Gadareans, it said that he, and he was out of his mind before that, it says he became right-minded. And that was the word that is used, the same one here for sober judgment. In other words, you get a, you're right, you understand yourself. You, under, you have a right mind about yourself in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. In other words, the faith, when you see yourself through the eyes of faith, that's the way God sees you. And that's what he wants. And that's the only way you're going to be able to walk into the plan that he has for you. And when it comes to our purpose, we're actually in this together. In fact, he says, he compares the church to a body. Here's what he says. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members not all have the same function. In other words, we have hands and we have eyes, all these different parts that make up different functions, but make up the body. He says, in Christ, though many, we form one body. So he says, just like you're a body made up with different parts, the body of Christ, the church, is made up of different parts. And what he's, his point is, they're all needed, right? You don't want to give up any of your parts. And if you were to take your body parts and put them on a flow chart, what's most important? You know, how do you even do that? They're all important, right? You don't want to, you know, what would you put at the top? What would be second? I mean, it makes no sense. And he says, that's true in the body of Christ. Every one of you play a vital role to form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, According to how God's given it to us, it might be prophecy, then you prophesy, and then he goes on and lists the different gifts. You have different gifts, but you use those gifts, and together, they all make up how we accomplish the vision and the mission of the, that, the church is, that the church has, that God's given us. So, knowing God, knowing God better, 
Finding freedom through authentic relationships. Seeing the way God sees me, that's the way I accomplish the purpose I have. And then living your life with heaven in mind, not just this earth. This is important because you'll never make a difference if you're only focused on the earth. You have to have the end in mind. You have to have heaven in mind. It just, it it goes without saying. You see, whenever you get focused on the earth, you're going to have mission drift. And then the the world has many pleasures to offer. I mean, there's, and there's nothing wrong with pleasure. Pleasures are awesome. But making, living for the love of pleasure, that's a problem. You'll, you will, you'll not do well it, as far as the mission God has for you, making a difference if that's, what you, if that's what you focus on. Notice, he says, For I have told you often before, and I say it to you again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they really are enemies of the cross of Christ. In other words, they say they, they love the Lord, they say they believe in God, but you look at their conduct and it's completely contrary. It's, they're, 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 they're completely living like the world. They're living for, for the pleasures of the world. And he goes on and he says that. He says they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. He's not talking about food, he's talking about the pleasures of the world. That's become their God. That's become their, the, the, all they live for is the, is the next pleasure that they can get. And if that's what you, if, 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 and the world offers that, and there's a lot, especially in America. I mean, we have a lot, of, and in Virginia, I mean, we just have a lot of pleasures to live for. And you can easily get sidetracked, and it will sidetrack you if you allow it. They brag about shameful things. They think only about life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus lives, and we are engaged, excuse me, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. So he says, having the focus, a mindset of, hey, I'm going somewhere. I, I, I'm a citizen of heaven, not of this of not, not of earth. I, and and I, my allegiance is somewhere else. My allegiance is somewhere else. And I want to move towards that. He says, but the day is coming. Now, we all have a day. The day, I mentioned that earlier. What's that day? The day that you go see God. You're, the day you die. He says, the day is coming when fire will reveal the quality of your work. So he's not talking about whether you go to heaven. See, when you ask Christ into your life, you're going to heaven. But from the, this day all the way to the day, to the day, the day when I go to see, to see God and answer for my life, He says that our works will be evaluated and you'll get rewards or no rewards based on that. He says, if what you build survives, in other words, the life you live, the priorities you set, the the things you did with your life, you will receive a reward. And if the fire burns up your work, you'll lose the reward, but you're still going to heaven. You're You're still saved. But he says, you're... There's an evaluation that happens. That's why we take two times a year and, and do an inventory, a spiritual inventory. How, how am I doing? Because we've been told up front what's, what's going to take place. There is a day coming. It is coming for all of us. And you will answer for the life that you lived. Now, if you ask Christ into your life, you're going to heaven. But did you know that there's rewards waiting for you if you prioritize your life around what God asks you to do instead of what the world asks you to do? 
And God wants you to have those rewards. He's saying, live your life different than the world. Live your life different than the world. That's why we take inventory. So you say, how am I doing? Knowing God. Finding freedom. How am I doing with my purpose? And making a difference with a team that has the same values. Let's bow our heads and pray. If you're online, would you bow your heads? Just get yourself into a spiritual posture. God's doing something. In fact, I believe that when we talked about these four elements of our spiritual inventory, for some of you watching online, there, something came up and you knew there was an area you needed to address. Do that right now. Begin that. Let's do that together. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you come with arms of love and grace to us. You want us to do well. You don't shame us and condemn us. That's what the enemy tries to do. That's what the world does. You nudge us, woo us into a loving relationship with you, and then out of that springs a life-giving relationship with others where we can be authentic and we can discover our purpose. Let me ask you, how are you doing with your relationship with God? Ask that. This is soul-searching time, just you, without making an excuse of other people that, you know, don't bring you peace, don't bring you joy right now. That's not an, I mean, you just got to, in the end, that's not going to wash on when your day comes. Oh, yeah, God, I didn't really serve you all out because of the, the person I married, because of my kids, my parents, my boss, because of the, you know, I mean, that's just not going to wash. You know, no pointing fingers. So right now, would you just take a moment to say, God, I want to I wanna know you. I want to know you better. I want to have passion and excitement for serving you. Would you do that? Say, God, I, I want to find freedom. That's part of where I discovered joy, is letting that other stuff go. Some of you are on the fence. Some of you have already decided, I'm not getting involved in that freedom group. I wish you weren't there, but that's where you're at. But some of you are on the fence. You're not sure. My prayer for you is that you take a chance with us. Step into this. Trust what God can do. Because I know on the other end of this that you will find freedom. You go, Andy, you don't know. I've been in counseling for years. I've read books. I've done this. I'm on medication. I'm a, trust God in this. I believe God's got freedom for you. And Lord, I thank you for those who have taken growth tracks. Some of you have not. And I want you to step into that. We don't have growth track today, but it begins next week. Step one, just give us one month. After each service, one hour for one month. And see what God can do. And then, Lord, I pray for those who 
are struggling with that area of living for pleasure, it is hard when we live in the wealthiest country in the world. We can just get caught up in that. God, help us to remember there's a reward. and We want everything to pass through the fire and not get burned up or as much as possible. Help us, Lord. It's not that we don't have pleasure. We don't live for that. That's not our focus. Help us to prioritize our money, our, our, our energies, our time, all of that. If you've never asked Christ into your life, why not do that right now? Or maybe you're far from God. Come on home. 2021, this is your moment right here, right now. God's speaking to you. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, I want a relationship with you. You are too far away. Scoot over. I want to be near you. Invite Christ into your life right now. Just do that. Whether you're online or you're here in person, just, in, just say, God, today, right now. I want to come home. I want you close into my life. I, if you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your, into your life, into your, say, God, I invite you into my life, into my mind, into my into my inner self. Come and be with me, Lord. God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Invite that. Say, God, do that for me right now. Give me, open up my mind. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I can better understand you. I can follow you. Forgive me, God, for the past sins, future sins, all of that. Help me to walk out a life without condemnation and guilt and realize that you love me just as I am. In Jesus' name.